0: hey welcome back to grow through what you go through it's Courtney back in the United States Um, (laughs) thank you for being patient with me as I went abroad it was quite the experience and I had absorbed such a you know different perspective on the world and the world view and how people and how we're actually all very alike no matter where we're from if that makes sense I had learned a lot and I had felt very relieved and I feel refreshed and I feel new and I feel like there's a lot more I can give just because of the experience I had. I might be a little bit annoying for a while because I'm going to keep referencing my abroad, my, um, abroad perspectives and different things that I saw, heard in just comparisons to America and whatnot. So bear with me for a while. Anyways, I had said the word a few times for what this topic is going to be for today, and that is perspective. I'm kind of going to base it off of, you know, empathy and last, you know, different, last week's episode with compassion and all the other good things, you know, different mindsets and things like that when it comes to perspective. But specifically, I wanted to focus on perspective and perceptions based on mental health. I didn't want to go too broad because obviously that would be a way too long of a an and have too mindful discussion because, again, this is my opinion, opinion base. This is coming from my own personal experiences and how I view things. It is not always factual. I'm going to put facts in my episodes, as you know, but this is all based on my own perspective, perceptions, and viewpoints and opinions. So when it comes to perception and perspectives in mental health, there's going to be various different forms. As we all know, everyone has their own opinions, and they're either people that base it on facts or their own experiences or both. And the kind of what I have seen when it comes to mental health is, you know, it comes from yourself, and that can have multiple different views as well. I know that some people, they can really understand anxiety and depression because they experience it but then they have a hard time acknowledging that there's personality disorders and that those are part of mental health and they'll write those people off because they're not experiencing them or they can shut down one piece of anxiety and say oh that doesn't that's not what how I experience it so you're wrong and that kind of thing and it can change amongst many people you know and that includes the people that are in your own support team too or supports uh yeah your support team when it comes to mental health there's usually doctors involved there's therapists there's your parents there's friends there's social media that can change your viewpoints or put things into your head that may or may not be true depending on how you look at it and usually they're rarely the same and I had just gotten off my own therapy so this is you know the kind of basing it off what we had talked about today and understanding that there can be multiple truths to one thing And that's based on perspective as well. And the doctor may say, oh, you have anxiety. But on the other hand, you might think, "Mm, I just have anxious tendencies. I don't necessarily think I have the diagnosis of depression or anxiety, right? And it can all change depending on who you're talking to. And I think that's where everything gets very blurry when it comes to humans. We try to convince ourselves of what other people are saying and then base our opinion and try to display our opinions as the truth and only the truth so that we don't get skewy. And it's hard. It's hard to think outside of the box and put yourself in everyone's shoes when it comes to sharing information, especially with mental health. I'd, I've seen so much go into this process of each each person's mental health. You know what I'm saying? I think that it's kind of hard for people to think outside of their own box and, and also acknowledge that there are multiple truths. I'm newly experiencing that. I've, I've always been a very stubborn person, and I'm like, nope, this is true. This is what I've learned in school. This is accurate, disregarding what other people might be sharing when, in regards to that, and that it could all be right. And I think we should all put it, that into a place to practice as we pursue life, You know, that we go forward, that we can all be right at the same time, and that's okay. There doesn't have to be black and white thinking. There doesn't have to be wrong and right. I think it's kind of funny because this could really like throw off a lot of people to listening to this episode because they want to look in black and white because that makes them feel comfortable and that's fine. This doesn't have to be for you. This is like I always say this is my experience. This is my journey. This is my this is my truth. This is what I'm trying to learn and this is how I'm trying to grow. Anyways what I was saying is that all the perspectives and perceptions are rarely the same amongst the support team when it comes to mental health and and sometimes there's biases and that there's different perspectives based on someone's religion or their community, their ethnicity, their spirituality, their beliefs, their views, and that then there's that other opposing, you know, type of person that only thinks in black and white and that thinks they're right or wrong and that's their own viewpoints as well. I think it's pretty amazing that everyone is different in their own way. And I think our purpose as humans is to learn that is to be a part of everyone's journey and to put ourselves in everyone's shoes and keep going and do it the best that we can because no one is perfect and no one can complete life and reach self-actualization without the input of all these different things, right? In in a broader aspect, different perceptions can be even more difficult to understand this life, so that's why I'm kind of focusing on the mental health piece because if we went beyond that, oh gosh, there would be politics involved, there would be... just too much to even put on display of what my thoughts are (laughs) that could be for a later day I think and you know kind of going back to mental health I think that I may be one to have a very biased opinion and and biased perception and perspective on things I believe in what I have studied, and, and again, like, I was in the field of mental health. I was in social work, so I kind of had only been exposed to this kind of stuff. I do my own outside research and my outside thoughts, too. On my own, that's just for me, so I can kind of put in other people's, I can put myself in other people's shoes. But from what I've seen, like, in the field and in the experience of life, and again, this is my opinion, I don't, and this can be true to a lot of you. It could be, fault, I don't know, whatever you want to think of it. I think that mental health definitely needs to be take a, taken care of first when it comes as a person. I think that if your mental health needs aren't met or they're not taken care of, it can throw off your physical health, your emotional health, your social well being and they'll take a they'll take a plummet if you don't put your mental health first. For me personally, I prioritize mental health. I exercise, I eat right as much as I can, I drink tea, I vent, I, take, I do therapy, I journal, I take vitamins, I ask for criticism of people and feedback about myself or what I could work on, and I work on myself daily even if it becomes too much. I think that my initial thought in the morning is that I lead the day with how can I be a better version of myself, how can I change things that I don't look into as much as I should. How do I help people? How do I help people in order to help myself? How can I do better today than I did yesterday? Do I need more exercise? Do I need more sleep tonight? Should I play guitar? I don't know. Like I have a bunch of different methods and discussions and ways to promote myself in a better way and to put myself in a better space mentally in order to take care of the rest of me. And that's just me. I think that I've again I'm biased because I've worked in the field I've done all the schooling for the field that I know how much it can genuinely hurt somebody if they don't look inward and that's part of my own self-actualization and I, I'm really pushy when it comes to mental health I want everyone to be working on it because I've seen the opposite I've seen people be hurt I've seen people not understand why they're hurt every day or why they're depressed or why they have physical pain why they have heart issues or why they have fibromyalgia or other autoimmune disorders. And it hurts me to know that a lot of it can come from trauma and things that we've experienced and that people don't want to look inward with. And I can't force everybody to do that because some people can live in ignorance as bliss and not go inward and that's okay. I have to be better with allowing that perspective and perceptions be mine and not be forceful with people. That's another thing I have to work on and I'm very aware of it. And everyone does experience life differently and that's good for them. I think that we are all meant to be different, right? But anyways, so me personally, so I, you know, I do prioritize mental health in order to be healthy for me. And I perceive this as amazing and that it will help me lead into my own enlightenment. And that I've said before that I'll never reach a hundred percent perfect because I think that we're always a work in progress and we'll never fully be that 100% of a person. And that's the acceptance of being human. And I think that, you know, some of my friends disagree with me. And I think that they perceive me as doing too much or that it's crazy and unnecessary to wake up every day and be like, I got to work on my health. I got to work on my mental health. What can I change? Let's have these huge conversations about life. Let's go inward. Let's talk about our trauma. Let's talk about our depression, anxiety. And I think that, they I don't know if it's because vulnerability is hard and they think I'm weird for being so vulnerable and wanting to have these conversations or it can get old some people just want to talk about why they love music without getting too deep or without wanting to talk about their mommy and daddy issues <laughs> and that's okay too I think I find my spaces like I, I have to do better with a time and a place but I'm also personally I'm just very deep and I love to have these conversations and I wish that I could keep them going forever with everybody and that's just that's what fulfills me that's what makes me think that my 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 space in a in somewhere is to be like that (laughs) so I apologize to those that I do annoy and I do laugh when you guys call me out but that's just that's me and I love that part of me and then you know other than my friends the older generations like my grandma's age like sometimes she's get she personally gets very frustrated when I share too much vulnerability or I show, share perspective or I say things that aren't ready to be touched on yet with her or anyone else around. And I think they think it that some people, not her specifically, I know that she knows that mental health is real, but that there's some older generations that like mental health is not real. I think it's all fake. I think you're making it up to use it as an excuse. It's a waste of time to go like we've all like they think that we've all experienced trauma and we have to keep moving or we're going to falter and that there's no time in life to focus on that when we have to work and take care of our family, and we should run ourselves ragged, and I don't think that's healthy either. Obviously, we've seen the downfall of those older generations because of that, and I don't necessarily love that feedback that they give or their opinions that can really harm people to, to taking care of themselves inwardly and outwardly. I think that you can push on with life and also go inward and it will lead you to a better space. Like 10 years ago, I don't think I would ever have seen myself this happy or this like fulfilling things if I didn't take that step to work on me or look inward and and figure out what's making me sad or what's making me anxious and and working on it. I don't think I would have made it this far. And I think that's really an important note. Again, my opinions, my perceptions, right? And then there's people, like, my therapists are like, heck yeah, like, I'm so proud of you, lady. Every day is a good piece of work. You're doing it. And then my doctors see it as healthy, like, wow, Gordney, your mental health is great. Like, I'm happy you're taking care of yourself. Like, here's a booster. Here's some medicine to help you more. And then we'll get you off of it. Like, I'm already weaning off of my Zoloft. And that that feels good, too. So that's somebody that's on my team that wants me to be better and that has seen me reach a point where I can take care of myself without utilizing medicine every day. But... All perceptions and all perspectives are based on the perceiver themselves, and they're always objective, and that's something that's been really important. <laughs> like that, like I keep saying, and I and I have to keep convincing myself to do it because it's true and it it it's helpful. Is that p- opinions and everything in life is objective? I could ke- I could tell you we can all know that the grass is green, but somebody would be like, actually, it's brown. Have you looked? Have you looked at that side of town? Like that's brown. Or I wonder if their grass is always brown. Then we can't just say no. Grass is green right? Or the sky is blue. Actually, right now, it's gray. But it's blue underneath that because those are just the clouds. So there's conversations that are all true, right? Like that is all true. There's grass that's green. There's grass that's brown. There's both. Some And then the sky is blue, but there are clouds that are clouding it. So technically, it's gray right now. And opening up that mindset of, of everything being objective, like that guy over there is ugly to you, but to me, he's fabulous. And I think that it helps everyone see things differently. And I'm not trying to sit here and convince you guys to do that because some people might be comfortable in, in having that black and white thinking, like I say, and that's good. We need some analytical people too, right? We're not meant to be the same. None of us are meant to be the same or else we'd have too dull of a world It's not even funny. And taking myself out of the thinking brain and the emotional brain, trying to mix it all together is where I'm currently at and I think that there can be emotion and logical thinking at the same time I think you should leave with your head and your heart and I think that should be more familiarized that you don't have to follow one or the other but both together can be a really powerful force in your life and yeah I don't know I just I've just been more open to these conversations and I wish I had other people to come out to this and talk about this with me because I like to have debates and see things and I know that I can come off very stubborn and like that I'm always right but I really I really am trying to to share that that's not my real self I like to be challenged I think challenge really allows my brain to expand I like to be challenged and I think I push for challenge and debate because I want to be I want to feel that I, I don't even know what the right word is I want Oh, I want my brain to be stimulated. I think that's why I push for those conversations and I'm open to them. And sometimes I don't want to be. Sometimes I'd get shut off and and leave the space if I'm being too challenged. But I like that normal debate and I like people knowing that I like to debate or hear things. So please challenge me anytime, but always ask me first. Or you're gonna kind of get the stubborn version of I'm right, and I know that I do that. I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. I know my flaws. I know the things I have to work on. And then there's pieces of me that I don't even view as flaws, and I think that I like that part about me, which can annoy other people. But guess what? I love me, so I don't really care what you think about me, unless like I'm genuinely hurting you. And who knows? Maybe I'm a little dululu with that for my mental health. Like maybe there are a lot of things that I should be working on that I love that could be fixed for others, but. I'm not living for anyone but myself. <laughs> but I have been learning from, you know, going abroad that I had really talked to and I know that the UK is super similar like England is super sim- similar to America. But I got to see like the different perspectives over there about so many things in that mental health isn't as prioritized as it is over here and I had learned that they wish that therapy was more common over there and that they're a little behind with that and but they still have these open conversations and I was kind of like I had been taken aback because my cousins were very open with lots of things and my aunt and they were just open to talk about it so I wonder if there's less mental health need over there because they're already open and they're not shy to be vulnerable and share what they're thinking and their emotions. And she also shared perspectives that her, you know, that there should, she wanted more mental health help and that men over there are still stubborn with wanting to share emotions and stuff, but that it's not that much different from here. But again, that was her perspective. her perceptions of life and that doesn't have to necessarily mean that's all of uk right and i had met somebody that really likes self-help books over there and maybe they focus more on themselves they don't need therapy or they don't need to necessarily pay somebody to listen to them when their peers do and i thought that was really cool and it was nice to hear that even over there she was like i want to move to america I think it's so much better than here when I was saying the opposite I was like wow I really like it over here I like England the men are hotter the the it's just like a different I like the accents over here I like the openness there was a lot of openness all over the place like but it was funny because like the grass isn't always greener and that was a perspective to see too that your feelings and your thoughts and your problems are going to come with you no matter where you go and I needed that. I think I needed to see that that just because it's more beautiful environmentally over there doesn't mean that it's any better than where I am right now. And that it has to be inward. And I've always known that. I've known that it has to come inward and your problems will follow. But it was just not... I just had to see it. I just had to see it with my own eyes and hear it with my own ears and say, Hey, like I think that I could really help myself if I focus on me specifically not worrying about a future of kids and a family and marriage and a boyfriend or not even that, right? I think really focusing on me, which I've kind of been doing this year. I think I have been doing this year. I've been very single and focusing on work and myself, and I wanna continue that. I feel like I'm happy here until I get a little bit better at navigating me before I move forward from there. But it was pretty cool. And that was from her You know, like her perspective, her upbringing, and seeing that we're a part of the same family, but we live on g- different continents, but experience very similar things. That was really cool. However, the one thing over there is that everybody in Europe really walks everywhere. And I love that. And I wish that we could do that more here. Cause like a 10 minute walk there was like, no problem. But we would hop in our cars here and be like, oh, I gotta, I gotta drive this. I wanna put, I wanna kind of take that and put it into my life. Like I wanna walk places more. Like I'm considering walking to target after this, instead of driving the two miles, like, I think I'm gonna walk it. Why not? What's, what's the big deal? Why can't I walk it when the weather's nice, right? But yeah, so that was kind of what I had experienced. And that's kind of what I'm prioritizing as a person on my own, with my mental health, trying to open up my brain to thinking more outside of the box, rather than being so stubborn with my views and what I had learned from social work school and grad school and human development and he whatever and then when it comes to kids with their mental health this stuff really like amps me up I could talk about this forever and share you all kinds of insight of what I see and what I hear from the kiddos and what I see from their parents and all of the the different perceptions and perspectives that go in with it when it comes to kids mental health Something I really like to harp on and like, obviously kids are kids, they're going, a lot of the times they're gonna dramatize situations, they're gonna expand it, but we have to remember that that's their truth, right? What I had said earlier, that there's more than one truth. So we can see it as adults, we can see that you're being super dramatic, it's not that big of a deal like we try to downsize what their experience is and I wanna make a point to say that we shouldn't do that because it minimizes their their experiences and I don't think that's fair because that is how they're experiencing it and, and they're doing that because they need something from us. So when it comes to my role, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to school, when it comes to social work, I know this is a big area where I argue with some adults or that we don't, we're don't, we not on the same page because they, they, some of them think that kids are taking advantage of myself and the other social workers because they'd rather be with us than be in class learning. Sometimes that can be true. That can be true at the same time as that they need adult love, that they need connection, that they need relationship, that they need a hug that they wanna talk about something that's bothering them, even if they make it bigger than it may be. And it could actually be big to them, but who are we to say what those kiddos are experiencing? If they broke their pencil and that was their last straw, to us it could be like, oh my God, you just broke your pencil, get over it. It could be, I got yelled at this morning by my parents, I didn't eat, I have stumbled, I've fallen into depression and that pencil was my last straw. Who are we to say? And that goes to the same for adults, but I think that kids, we have to remember that they're so innocent and so young and that they don't have as much life experience as us, but what they're experiencing is harmful to them or that they need more, That like they are reacting in that way because they need more. And I sometimes get frustrated because I do think that kids are trying to utilize, like get out of class and whatnot, but at the end of the day, they're doing it for a reason, Maybe they aren't getting it from their parents or maybe they're not getting it from somewhere. Like they're missing something and they're they're craving it and they need it from me or they need it from anyone that's going to listen to them. I'm sure you've experienced as a teacher, if you're a teacher, that a kid walks into your classroom and just starts like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like they start trauma dumping or they start talking about everything and they're kind of annoying to you, but they probably don't have anyone to talk to at home. Maybe they're socially awkward and don't have friends so they go to you as their safe person. And yeah, it can be frustrating and yeah, it can be hard to understand but we were kids once too and my experience in school was very important. This is kind of what made me want to go back to school because I felt seen, I felt heard, I felt loved by the adults in my life in school. So many of them and I can tear up now like I still have connections with a lot of them because they helped me through a lot of rough times and I had went to them because they were my safe place. I wanted to stay after school to be with teachers that I knew cared about me. I saw the little things that they don't even know that they might have done for me as huge and that they really improved my mental health because I knew that they were adults that cared for me. I was kind of a teacher's pet. I loved being up their butts and like I may have been the student that annoyed them coming to them with small problems but they never showed their annoyances with me. They they engaged with me as much as I engaged with them. They checked on me, and I always say I'm so thankful where I grew up in my high school specifically of how I felt that connections and all. I still talk to my teachers now. Like, I love them, and they don't, And I tell them how much they mean to me, but they'll never know how much they mean to me because there's not even enough words to expose that. So I try to be that person at my school, and I know my colleagues, a lot of my colleagues, try to do the same because we understand that, Right? and sometimes the perspectives are going to be different for those kiddos and I try to be that advocate and like because I try to be the advocate for everybody involved like I get the teacher's perspectives like they're skipping my class like they're doing this purposely they get out of class they don't be, and yeah they might be but they need that like maybe they need a mixture maybe they do need to leave cl- cra- class and cry it out or maybe they do just need a hug from me and I'll walk them back like You have to trust the process and you have to trust us adults in these roles as social workers that we know what we're doing and we know, we know just as much as you do why they're coming to us sometimes and we can lead them back, we'll catch on, but how do we know that's not the time that they actually needed us? Like how, like that would be so sucky if I turned someone down and they really needed me. And we've had a parent that come in the other day saying that she's like, how do you guys know? Like, I know she takes advantage of you, but like, how do you know if it's not one of the crises and I like to look at everything as a crisis. Honestly, like even if it's a friend problem, even if it's a it's a home problem, like they feel that it's hurtful, that they want to come talk about it, that they want they yeah they might want to skip math class to do it. I try not to do math because I know math is tough, but they might need to talk about it right then and there. You're they're not going to be paying attention anyways, and I hope that we can integrate more mental health help within the classroom, like more of those connections, like more. Like, let's do a mental health check in the middle of class and, like, then they'll gain their relationship and connection with you rather than leaving the classroom. Or maybe they go back and sit in the calming corner to reset themselves, but they're still listening to your lesson. Like, I, I would love the kids to be in the classroom and, and come to me during their free more free periods. I would love for there to be more of them sitting in class, like, still absorbing the information because they're still sponges but also work on their mental health in there and forming those those connections and things like that. I think that's so important. I think we're heading in that direction and I'm very hopeful for it. But until then, they're gonna leave the classroom. They're gonna come see me instead of go to the bathroom. They're gonna, you know, like that kind of stuff. So I wanna work more as a team to kind of prioritize mental health and do that. But again, is that my place to do it? Again, I'm biased because I am a mental health girly, right? And then on the reverse end, at well, before we go to the teacher's perspective, I'm hoping that some of the skills that we can utilize as the calming corner, or allowing fidgets more, or allowing standing desks, allowing to go take a step back in the back of the classroom without making a big deal and learning how to regulate emotions. Like how about what if every day you taught a kid how to like each two, every two weeks you have a specific emotional regulation thing that they can all try to do and see if it works for them. And I think that in the classroom that could take about five minutes a day. And then they'll be more absor- like they'll like you, they'll form that connection, then they'll listen to your instruction more. Like the kids, if they like you, they will pay attention to your curriculum more than you would think. I paid more attention in the classes that I felt a connection to the teachers. That's just human relationships, that's common sense. So if we can see more of that, I think that we'll see a lot of change. There's always gonna be those kids that don't have any connection with school that aren't gonna pay attention no matter how much you love them, and that's okay. There are a lot less of those than the ones that are forming those connections. So just pay attention to the positives rather than the negatives, right? And then lastly, the teacher's perspectives on mental, like their perspectives or perceptions on mental health. It's really difficult. And I I try to see from this viewpoint as well, that academics to teachers comes first and that's what they're taught. And that's their realm of education. And they're not seeing as much as we are with mental health and that I'd rather this kid get through their academics, I'd rather them complete their math information rather than go see Miss Smith or go see another social worker to talk about life. That could be for a later time. Like right now you are in math class. We're going to focus on math or English or whatever. And I think that can be very detrimental. But I try to see it in like this is so hard for me because I kids are more vulnerable. They're more absorbent they're more like they're learning and I feel that they're learning while adults are more fixed in their ways I think that maybe sometimes from a teacher's perspective that if kids start talking about their mental health issues it's gonna trigger the adult and then the adult is gonna the adult is gonna hyper fixate on their own mental health struggles And they don't want to do that. I think that the kids will trigger them and then their emotions will come out and it gets all spirally to the bottom. And I understand that. Like, I understand that the teacher's like, I come to work. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to teach these kids. They're going to do the work and then I'm going to go home. I don't want to hear that their mom's beating them. I don't want to hear that they live in a trailer park and nobody's there to watch them. I don't want to hear any of that. My job is to educate and go home. Because it might hurt them. It might. They don't want to see the kids in that light. Like they want to brush it all aside and focus on what they're supposed to focus on. And I'm sure that's a big part of education. Like I'm sure that is the focus. And I know that some people can't handle hearing what these kids are going through. And I get that. And maybe you don't have to worry about them that they them exposing their stuff, but just being there for them and actually showing them that you care and that you love them, and that if they're sad, they can come to you. And if you need help that's what we're here for the social workers and the guidance counselor that's what we're here for to help you help them and help you help yourself in these moments right but I think that there's like certain people that are fixed in their ways fixed on economics coming first that they think that kids are using us and that the world's gotten too soft and but you have to remember that's personal and that if you don't like it you don't have to be there like life is changing people kids are more open there's going to be a lot of taking advantage and there's a lot of, like, these kids are disrespecting me and forgetting that you're also disrespecting them. Like, I have a view, and this is my own view, my opinion, kids are equal to us. And I have i had said this in multiple different multiple different um, episodes, that kids are equal to me and that if you give them respect, they're, you're going to get respect from them. I share with them when I'm having a bad day. I won't go into detail fully, but then they'll share with me more. And we connect on that that we're both human, that we both have bad days, or that I need space from them, that I need a break, that I can't help them to my full potential to their no, to my full potential if I'm not at my full potential. And we have those conversations and I think if there was more transparency, I think there'd be more connections and it would be a more vulnerable and open environment in the classrooms. Like if a teacher walked in one day and said, I had the worst drive into school bear with me, guys. I got to get back into my momentum. Please help me out. What should we do? Should we check on ourselves? Should we have a mental health check-in? Be open. They will be so much more respectful to you and the space. And they'll be like, oh, I wonder if Miss So-and-so is having a good day today. And they'll come in and check on you. And it's the most cutest thing. And the notes I have gotten on my bad days or the hugs that I've been given or, Miss Smith, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? And of course, I'm not going to rely on the kids to help me out. But it means so much to know that they know me enough that they've checked on me too, just like I check on them. And I got we got to get rid of the kids versus adults mentality. Like, yes, you can have a controlled environment giving the kids the same amount of respect as you give yourself or you want them to give to you. I think that it's not going to go crazy. Like, you are authority. They know that. We don't have to make it seem like you are better than them. Or that, like, I, I'm i going to yell at you, but you can't yell at me. There's none of that that should be happening. Yes, there's days that are going to be worse than others. Some kids are going to need realignment. But you got this. And I think the more skills that you have in your back pocket, the more you'll be able to do that. Again, I'm speaking from the outside. This is what I've seen. I've never had a classroom full of children. I've only subbed a few times in, in classrooms. And yes, it is hard to align all 20 kids or whatever. But it's possible. Like If they respect you or if they know that your rules are your rules amongst them being open to change the rules or you being open to change them with them it's magical like even the yesterday was the kids coming in and i some of my students were like don't mess with miss smith she'll kick you out for a week if you do something like they want to prove to me that they they have they can come into my room and enjoy my time with them and explore their feelings and thoughts but they got to make good decisions in order to come to my room that i'm not a pushover that i'm going to you know discipline them to help them learn and be better humans. And it's so cool because I'm the chill person. I'm the person they can come to and love them, and but I'm gonna still discipline them. I don't just let them get away with everything. There's a common ground that you have to have there. And I think that we're all capable of doing it. That's why we chose to work in the school. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, that is okay. You don't have to stay in this job. There are so many other careers and things that you can do then don't involve kids if you feel like you're not connecting with them and that is okay. Every one of us is different. And, you know, just kind of coming to conclusion here, we can expand on helping each other understand the different perspectives. Like I love hearing the teachers feedback and I'm trying to gain up courage to combat things in order to advocate for the kids, but also understand the teachers and that that's a hard space to be in. And there's not many that disagree with me. Like our priority is the kiddos and like, we're all human. We're going to have bad days and the kids are going to come under it. Like they're going to not be our priority that day. And that's okay. We have off days as long as we were in line. Like I've had so many bad days and I've told the kids the next day, I'm so sorry if I hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to yell at you. I love you. I'm so sorry. And apologize for what I've done. I'm sorry for not believing you. I'm sorry for yelling at you. And then they do the same. Like it creates a common, like specific shared space and love and acceptance and, we can all be right at the same time. I'm just gonna keep going back to that. Like we, I think as humans, we should be more open, communicate, learn. How are we gonna know what bothers somebody if we don't ask them or if they don't communicate to us what we might be doing that makes them mad? In a better way, Like I think there's more, there should be less emails, there should be confrontation, there should be asking for a meeting. And I know that there's some that do that and we talk about it. Um, read more, learn more about this new generation of kiddos every day not everyone is you right not everyone is each other but being able to sit in that shared space and be like oh this is why you're a little strict but you still do have fun things happening in your classroom that's the kids perspective I created my perspective off of the kids I was wrong about you I think you're a great person and I understand where you're coming from and just looking at that and I know a lot of teachers once they finally got to know me they're like oh I see what kind of person you are I love it perfect now let's relate let's like Let's get inside of like, and I know people shared their perspective on what they think I do. And then they, I opened their mindset to like, why that kid was in my office all day. And like, then they see the changes, right? Like the efforts that go in. It's a, it's a rough world out there. And I know mental health is, you know, that there, there's different perspectives on it as well. And that's why I wanted to focus on mine and share mine and what I experience within my field and my job and, Also be open to hearing from other people, you know, the feedback, but we're still, at the end of the day, we're all human and there's always places or there's always space to learn and grow from there. And maybe five years from now, I'm going to change my perspective again. Maybe I'll be like, yeah, these kids stink and I'm going to yell at them more. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever do that, but you never know. You never see the different cohorts of kids. I think they're all different, even each grade, even each kid in each grade. And I think that the more that we put effort in for our own mental sanity and our own mental health and and focus on other people too, we can become a more kinder and loving world. Anyways, I love that these little episodes are a lot of me just venting and talking and talking on tangents. But again, I appreciate you guys being patient with me and listening to these episodes and being open to have these conversations and, and just be human, right? anyways thank you for listening to grow through what you go through and I hope everyone has a fabulous day and I'll see you next time